You're listening to another great show from the Nod Network. Find more great content at nerdod.com. This is Whiskey and Words. I'm David Olson, and I'm joined today by poet Mina Mitich. Good morning, Mina. Good morning. Uh, so we're here to share some of Mina's poetry uh, for me to ask some questions that are all very much based on my own interpretation. So apologies if you're listening and you think that I'm completely off the mark. Uh, Mina will probably think I'm off the mark as well, but that's fine. While we talk, we're also going to have a drink, as is the standard. And today we've got a bottle of Dalmore 15-year uh, Highland Scotch, which is fantastic. But we'll try that in a little bit. Good morning, Mina. Hi, yeah. Uh... Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to ask, and I wanted to start off with with poetry as a as a medium. Yeah, uh, it's something that I have I've never found any luck with. It's not something that I can write in that style. I've tried, not really my thing. Is it something that you've you've always kind of written that way, or did you kind of teach yourself to write that way? Was it a choice? A subconscious choice, maybe. Yeah. I was just very very inspired by hip hop music and that poetry and that and just the representation of life. And, and rhyme, like trying to put art and life together. I really started just writing as a stream of consciousness just to, you know, bury my soul a bit to myself to see how I feel about things because I really struggled when I was a teenager. So, um, and then it's, I started rhyming it for some reason. I think it was mostly hip hop yeah. that inspired me, yeah. That's cool. I think it's, it's, everyone finds their own way, don't they, of telling stories. And I think that poetry is one of the ones where it's always going to be more personal. I don't know whether it's just the style lends itself to that mm. or whether that's people who want to write a more personal tale take that road instead, I wonder. Yeah, for me, it's completely personal. I think it really shows. Yeah? Yeah. I think it's, when you write prose, it's very easy to sort of slip into fiction and just make everything up and it's yeah. completely off the wall. But actually, when there's poetry, it's always, it's always going to have that sort of real center, isn't it? No yeah. matter how you write it. I come back to myself, like to my person, with every line, like sort of retract and see where I'm at, with what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I was going to ask as well, I know that I've, I've asked you this question before, but you're from Bulgaria, and that's, yes. I think that I'm always amazed by anybody who can speak English better than I can when they <laughs> learned it separately. But when you write, do you... Uh, do you always write in English? Do you write some in Bulgarian still, or do you do you find that different uh, different topics or different types of stories sound better in different languages? Um, yeah, definitely sound not better, but just sound completely different. I write in Bulgarian sometimes when I get inspired to do so, especially when I read Bulgarian books, just because the language is so different. In English, you've got loads of words that mean the same thing. In Bulgarian, you've got loads of words that only mean a very abstract thing. It's very it's a lot easier to rhyme in Bulgarian as well, I think. I think in English most of the time, just because I've lived here quite a long time, it's just um, it comes completely natural. But I prefer my writing in Bulgarian just because I know so many more words. Words are the thing, aren't they? I think it's also that a lot of other languages they have a sort of musical quality to them. Mm. As well, I always find I don't I never find that with English really unless people are really putting the effort into it. Yeah. But so many of the languages already have that kind of rhythm and flow to them that perhaps they would always sound nicer. And I, yeah, I I envy that. Yeah, uh, I don't think German does have that flow though. 
Well, no. Like, it, <laughs> like Italian definitely does. I know Italian as well. They have like all their words end in a with a vowel. Every every word in Italian ends in a vowel. Wow. I got loads of L's and stuff all of it. So with the poems that we're asking you to share today, yeah. they're all from your blog. Glass-shaped eyes at WordPress. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Cool. Um, and it's something where I've seen. We've got four to share today, yeah. which are all fantastic in different ways, which is cool. But you've got loads of them on there, haven't you? How long have you been have you been writing and sort of keeping track like that? Uh, pretty much a year now. Um, I've been writing since I was fourteen. I'm twenty-five now. But um, it was only last year I met I met someone that really had me coming out of my show. And that was really important. I've been meaning to do that for such a long time. Um, but I think it's very hard to put yourself out there and be like, I create this and I, ha- I think it's worthy of, you know, of something. It's been, a, it's been about a year. I wish I dated it more. But as, as I've told you before, just loads of draft work. But if you have an idea and you can start that, is that do you do you start it and do it all in one go? Do you do you often go back to things and sort of an edit and change, or is there a preferred way that you do it? Um, I just do it in one go, one go. Otherwise, I lose that. I find I feel like I go in a tunnel every time I write. I sort of connect to my higher self. I believe in that sort of stuff, and they're like, "Here's this. You need to grab it right now. Otherwise, it's gonna go." And most of the time, I barely edit stuff. Just, sometimes just to rhyme it, uh, sometimes just to find a better word for certain things, but most of it is quite raw. And that, yeah, I think that you're. I think that there's always there's always a connection in there. If you're writing a poem, there's always something in there. Yeah. Before we get into any of the readings, anything else? Would you like a drink? Yes. Cool. Yes. So this is one of my favorites. I'm, I'm still quite new to whiskey in general, yeah. but so far, this is one of my favorites. I love whiskey, but I don't know anything about it. Really? Yeah. Like, I tried to read some ones about how it's made, and it's just so much terminology. I, could, yeah. I prefer just drinking it. It's a hard process. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Dave. That's so nice. I, I, I admit I was first drawn to it because of the bottle. <laughs> this big sort of stag's head on there. Yeah. But yeah, it's such a nice, so sort of rich and... I quite like Highland whiskey, so they've got that kind of kick and that kind of fire to them. But yeah, I'm still new to it all, but that's on top of my list. So yeah, is it Highland Park? Is it Highland whiskey? What mm-hmm. does that mean? So you got sort of those main regions in, in Scotch whiskey, yeah. and Highland whiskies um, often have that kind of that sort of say, burn sort of aftertaste mm. to them. There, they have sort of extra kick to them, whereas mm. other ones have sort of different smoky tendencies or sort of smoother qualities. So I quite like those because I like that little bit of kick at the end of it. I guess. Yeah. But. Yeah. I really enjoy that. Yeah. Well, I would ask you now, if you could, to, yeah. to share a poem with us. Yeah. Is that be all right? Yeah, let's go. Uh, first one's called Queen Pest, an old friend. <clears throat> Body's clever, serpent-like, hissing, shedding a tire, molting cries. He's a suitcase, lighted on fire. Watch it burn our backs, drunk on lust, not sure about desire. Don't censor me. My charm is that I'm simple, mouthy, dire. My orgasm is my horizon. My flesh is that outline. The body waves, an admonition, dive in your mind. Inebriated, mind raped and detained. 
So can your decisions, weigh the misses and the takes. With pride not so heroic, a fucky powerless, another climax closer to death. Maybe we're happy, is the sit perplexed? Head in an, under the pillow, into another's body, I've been swept. Thank you God, yet another curse with which I was blessed. To hold beauty immense, but to choke it vulgarly, a queen best. Thank you very much. Thank you. It just is such a, a wonderful, and we'll see as you read more of them. You've got such a wonderful kind of flow and rhythm, no matter if it's with the length of the poem or, or the, the topic within it. So, yeah, I'm jealous of that. Thank uh, you so much. I had a question about this one in particular. Uh, and again, these are all based on my interpretations of the poem, so they could be way off the mark and completely different to anything anyone else thinks. But I thought with this poem, uh, sort of your narrator seems to be kind of both celebrating and, and also lamenting the, the power that they've got over someone else. So is that is the concern for the narrator that the the power is kind of transitory and fleeting, or is it that their power is even necessary at all? I think power to me is very is a very important thing. I think that's where humanity's struggle comes. That like wanting to overpower someone, that's when we become greedy. That's when we like lose our nature in a way. People say it's natural for us to secure each other, it's definitely not. Yeah, I write a lot about power. I used to be quite shy and submissive, even like with partners, like very, I would sort of give myself to others to work with and be what they wanted me to be just because I thought what, that's what love is. But then I realized that it's not healthy and I'm allowing them to do that. It might not look it, like it might seem that someone's being dominated. They're abusing their power, but I've allowed that. So everything, for me, everything's 50-50 in the power struggle. Like you allow. You Many allow people don't, people don't take it necessarily. It is given, not necessarily knowingly, but yeah. perhaps that is allowed yeah. to happen, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And is that the kind of, the, the play in this particular poem is that, that that character is kind of somewhere between those two ideas? Yeah, well, I I only realised recently what it means to be a woman and what it means to be... Um, I think we have so much power, so much more power in the patriarchy than we, than we realised. Yeah, a lot of it's got to do with my realisation of that, my personal power, but not abusing it yet. You have to abuse it to realize where your boundaries are. Well, yeah, you don't know if there's boundaries until you test them, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's taken me a while, but that, I think that's that's what I'm trying to say there. Yeah. It's like, a, sort of like the self-discovery, that kind of the, the time that it takes to realize what you can and can't do and what you should do or what people think you should do and how yeah. that can be different to reality. Yeah. Um, another thing about power, I really, I've always struggled with the way society's built. And I think a lot of what's wrong in the world today is just because of our norm to be obedient and to not think for ourselves and to sort of give our power away. I think that's why I always struggled to work out how, how it's built and how that's helping us as humanity, as a species. And not just us, the whole, you know, the whole works of, um, of our planet. Um, 
be it. And I think, I don't think it's an actual concept, as I said earlier. And nature, for me, has to be balanced. And the play of it, I think we've re we're like sort of reaching a threshold of power, power over others, our governments completely abusing what what we're capable of doing. We're literally like herds and we don't realize how entrapped our minds are until we look into ourselves and, and realize that none, no one can tell us who we are until we know ourselves who we are. And that's what a lot of my poetry has got to do with that. Finding my voice and finding what it means to be me as a part of the whole and what the whole is within me at the same time. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you mentioned it there as well, there's a, there's a big history, isn't there, of, of poetry being used uh, in a political sense as well. You know, the mm. idea of, you know, war poets from World War One and, and everything since then, um, up until things like uh, sort of the Black Power Movement and sort of foundation of, of hip-hop and rap and those things as well as mm. a sort of a means of protest using yeah. nothing but words. And I think that you're right, there's, a, there's a, a power in that as well, being able to put across these kind of ideas and concepts in a way which is nonviolent, in a way which is more than anything is enjoyable. People can hear mm -hmm. that, and they, before they realize they're taking in a potentially a political message, they're enjoying the words that are being said, and then by yeah. that point it clicks, and they go, "Well, hang on, there's something more to this than just it yeah. sounds nice." Yeah. yeah, really cool. Well, I had, I mean, that's I think that you're it comes across in a lot of your poems that there's yeah. a sort of a, there's a personal kind of. Um, a journey within them anyway. Mm. I think that from the ones that I've read uh, on your site, outside of the ones that you're sharing today, yeah. there is kind of that very, and again, I, I don't want to overuse the word sort of raw, but mm. there is that kind of, you can you can see within it that you've just written that down and that was in that moment, that was how you were feeling, that's what you believed, that's how it was. Yeah. And I like that, that kind, of, that kind of truth that you don't always get in writing. Definitely, of course, not mm. in fiction, because that's all made up anyway, but yeah. you know, in that kind of writing where it can be very real. And we see that, which is lovely. Um, on that, okay. I'd really like it if you could read the next poem, because th that kind of, that feeds in into what I was thinking about your writing in general. Um, yeah. One sec. Should go now. Go for it. Yeah. <clears throat> it's called Whir Whirlwind Romance, Part 2. For a spacious length of a second, I readjusted my hair and intentions, played with my ideas, thought of all the things I couldn't do and how much I'd like to do them with someone like you. He knew of the impotency of time. He spoke of it often in a way he found romantic. And that dramatic hurry is what turned me on most about him. The edge of our cliff was the edge of an island, and our evening was, car was carved out like an egg white, frightened in a hot oily pan. I stick to my past quickly, respectively, so does he, just so we can assure we are reenacting re things differently, the right way this time. First kiss is tricky, but words flow easy after they've been in each other's mouths. I have no currency, neither does my pauper prince, just our charms and smiles, and our equally honest promises to pay back what was free. 
We chose to be friendless, so exploit we did, on a small scale, but not for the sport, just the dance of spirit. For the sake of romance, the sake of our ardor, spun his umbrella from the handle up and down my waist, walked changing pace to favor me restless. Said things I'd only read before, and assured me he means them by clapping and looking up to the starless sky. I laughed loud and lengthy and made sure to balance my breath with the reality I was facing. But soon we walked over to the dark side of the clock. Next stop is the last train, love. He needed to dive with a sweet and salty goodbye. I cycled slowly away, imagined his laughter, filling up the carriage of lonelies, fried up against the train seat on a stale Sunday. I left to continue to charm and disarm but found my brain bringing him back. This is not what I set out to do, not what I had in mind. But I felt free of judgment, spicy delight. The dance was a, this dance was a winner's one, these muscles tight, my stomach a bowl of laughter, my mouth a, bro, a broadside. Deaf, I observed, a beautiful man bellow bountiful ballads. Somehow my romance continued alone. Dancing slowly, brave to be boundless, my single-use beloved broke the hour of silence by showing up at the door. Whirlwind or not, wasted, waste or both, we strolled down what we wanted to find out was never to be whole. Without the melting, melting away of our souls, without denying our wicked goals, to get over a block of two bodies, the ones we loved most. So we sipped tea in a robust morning, cut of hot stone, yawning, pushing and pulling, fully admitting we were currently ghosts, splitting the unfavorable, unfavorable cost of holding on to something lost. A slice of self, once sealed in symbiosis, to a time we were one with the whirlwind, yet not a glimpse, but a permanent hypnosis. Thank you. Thank you. So, I, I have a question about that particular poem, and I think that we've already covered a bit of it. So yeah. apologies if I'm asking you to repeat things, but um, one thing I, I do love about it is, is the exploration of, of love in the moment and the way that it speaks of enjoyment and the realization that some things, the way it does, they don't last, that part I find incredibly powerful. Um, so when you write poetry, I mean, we've covered that a lot of it comes from a very personal place, mm -hmm. but do you think it's possible to write poetry that is purely fiction? Or do you think it, it has to come from that real place in order to be poetry at all? Um, I don't think anything could be purely fiction. Like, especially poetry is just, it's your interpretation of the world, isn't it? Even if it's your imagination is still only ever going to be compared and within the lines of what you know is, you know, what you know is blue and what you know is purple and you know cir a circle you know what you know stuff is what you're aware of what you're aware of it's never not going to be a part of yourself because you are everything that there is i believe so would you say that that's the, the kind of thing where if you're going to write poems that just has to have that it just there has to be that core of your own self yeah absolutely absolutely there's the I think for me, I started writing to analyze, I think, myself and putting, verbalizing your problems and not just your problems, just anything just makes it so much easier for it to come out of your subconscious and for it to be realized 
and let go. And I used to overanalyze and worry so much to and just observe. When I was when I was a child, I would ne like I never cried or spoke or laughed or anything. I just sat and watched the world pass. And my mom my mom loved it because I was no trouble at all, but I think I was just taking everything in and like analyzing it and like trying to figure out how I fit in. This is also another thing. I always felt like I'm away from home and that I'm an outsider, not against anyone else, you know, but it's just, I've never felt welcome in the world. Okay. And um, I do now. Now I realize, like, I've got a purpose, everyone's got a purpose. But it took me a lot of dark times and a lot of, um, you know, that delve into the self as a concept, into society. I think you're right. I think that when I always think about writing, I think of sort of three, there's kind of three purposes, I think, with writing. There is, you write to escape, you write to analyze and improve, and you write to entertain. Yeah. And sometimes if you're lucky, you can combine two of those three, or perhaps even all three yeah. to a degree. But I think that you're right, the different kinds of writing, you're going to start with one of those intentions. You either yeah. want to tell a story, or you want to explore something in yourself, or you know, there's a combination. Mm. Uh, and it's interesting to hear that that's kind of where a lot of that came from, that sort of self-analysis and that kind of self-improvement kind of path. Because I think that if I look at my writing instead, because it's primarily mm. just prose and it's often short stories, mm. mine is very much... Uh, telling a tale. There's not, yeah. and it's not really a great deal of escapism, although the, the topics vary quite wildly. And mm -hmm. I don't really do a lot of self-exploration, not in my writing anyway. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to see that there's the flip side of that, where in your writing a lot of it is very much in that kind of style. Mm -hmm. Which I think people, people can be affected by that in a greater way, because there's a better chance they're going to see something of themselves in that kind of very personal exploration, because we all have things going on in our own minds that people don't know about, but maybe experiencing something similar, I guess. Yeah. So, that's really cool. And I, and I, I, just, I like that story, because I like that... I mean, and forgive me for, for not knowing this, but is there a World Romance Part 1? No. There isn't? Okay. No, I read a, an article, Steve posted, actually. Um, just, um, was it tips for writers and stuff and I thought it was a really good article really funny but there was a there was something about cutting out a lot like cutting out the beginning cutting out like bits in the middle just to make it you know simpler and a bit more free to interpretation and a personal note there was a whirlwind romance part one but that was not a poem it's just a real life right okay yeah so, yeah, this is the second part of it. It was literally exactly a week later than the first one. And the first one was a complete disaster. But it was very forced. Not like... <laughs> I know what you mean, I know what you mean. Yeah, it was just... Um, and the second one was the complete opposite. So there is a part one, but um, it's not worthy of... Well, it's yours. It's yours, isn't it? That's your part yeah. one is yours, and you keep that yeah. part two. You share with us. Yeah, so. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Now I would ask you about your third poem yeah. on our list today. This is one that I've heard you share before, um, and it's one of my favorites that I've I've read of yours. 
So I would, yeah, if you would, that'd be great if you could share it with us. Yeah, it's called Shallow Physics. There we go. Um, it was, I wrote it at a very dark time for me. And um, again, it has to do with exploration of my self. Okay. <clears throat> Shallow Physics. I made a friend once. It seemed we had been before. It felt we had grown in the same tree, shared the same floor. It wasn't a he or a she, but both, half feminine, half masculine, wholly whole, all-encompassing vessel of truth, unity, and balance. It went through life, walking all directions, one day at a time, a step into darkness, a leap into light, a never-changing decision, ever so certain of its righteousness and its mistakes, so heavenly, so sinful. Sinful in its slavery to society, virtuous in its free will, running doubtless into what it was told was pointless, nameless like a tree, aiming words like branches into the old air. Here I am, is stated inside its head. The abyss answered, you're welcome, ask and you shall receive space for your growth. It is here for you when you are for it. It acknowledged the words whose voice seemed to come from the middle of its brain, but somehow spilled, applied everywhere. I caught some answers from the sinking stars, but each constant, each answers, each answer came with 11 questions. Observed and wondered, my mind wandered through multiple pathways while I sat still. It readjusted its spine so it can see and receive in case a miracle occurs. A thousand breaths later, still nothing had happened. Nothing is eternal, everything is zero without a nothing to base it upon. As if it felt I was drained, mentally restless, it reached out with its long eyes into my ears and spoke slowly. At times I lose my mind, it runs like I do, in the freedom direction, like a wild pet. I anger and I fear it won't find its way back. Cover my brains with sweaty hands, breathe desire into them, crying dry tears of loss. Where does my space go when it's gone? Is there a gap in my existence? Foolishly waiting for an answer, as the presence of knowledge lingered, intangible. Transparent, transparent in its balance of all there was and is. If my friend chose a name, would it, ident would it identify with it? Would it lose its ever-changing liquidness? Choice is impermanent, it thought, as it could read my mind. It falls heavy, but dissolves when forgotten. It's only forgotten when another choice is made. Choice after choice, I find myself in new places. But does that mean I was previous, previously lost? My map is ethereal and omnipresent, though at times I can't read it. Both of us sat silently, receptive of all sounds and colors. I almost had something to say when it continued. I wonder if it works for some, some soul else trying to reach me, if they're trying to help me or are they without their own map, navigating through the pain of others, hopping on and off the grid of us soul centrals. My train is only big enough for me. It rambled with his voice changing frequencies and how beautifully it differed. For a second I thought, it's speaking of me and our so-called fellowship, 
even if it wasn't, all was coming from us and coming back in an echo. A mastered song recorded in one go. A vessel of being with no identification, no name, drawing without a frame, coloring manically in, in line with its divine, in love with the chaos, in love with, in love with all that it is, in awe of what it couldn't be and is yet to become. Observantly, I read in its excited despair the poem of its universe. Its world always answered, sometimes in silence, like a wise old man who preferred to har harsh his answers with the habitual chain smoking and let his exhales do the talking. Oh, ever-loving grace of life, color me colorblind, silence me modest, create me from our past life's leftovers. I remember by not remembering, I embrace by being distant. I love by not hating and hate by letting my ego get infatuated with sense satisfaction. Swallow all sharp words, throw up swords of, wins of wisdom when alone, with a substance in my blood, mostly natural, preferably any. On a patterned carpet, thriving on the, pains of th on the pain of things unsaid that grow in my bottomless pit of soul-searching. Soil-rich in ill-fed nutrients, poisoned water, long win winter, unpredictable spring, crippled seeds that need a helping hand to come out of the darkness of the underworld. I sing to them with a broken string of a voice and try, always try, and know no other way of being but believing. P.S. It laid on soil that bruised gold and planted its mind in handstand, core engaged, stemming all the way into the hollowness of the airplane. There, we brushed over the truth with an old cloth our mother covered us with when she summoned our old souls into another play of physicality. Our father finally felt fearless love, fortunate enough to die in his denial, leaving us with a bro broken bond with life. Tangled in a knot of cable ties with my bloodless twin. Loving veins run deep on olive skin that can keep the sun for they've been stung for eons by the 3D mercilessly. Thank you. Thanks. What I like about that so much is that you started that with that it came from quite a dark place. Yeah. And yet it's it's a story that I think has a lot of kind of I don't know, I think I overused the word sort of hope, but I think there's a lot of that in that story. I think that it's, although it's it's telling quite a tale about perhaps things that were anything less than ideal for our narrator, it does feel like there's kind of, there may be a way out of that. Yeah, I think, I think that line, I, I know no other way of being but believing. Um, yeah, it's... Um, hope is a big thing for me, because... Um, as I said, it, it, I was in a dark place at the time, and I've been in very, very dark places over life, over my life. But um, I've always had this inner knowing that everything's going to be okay. Like, it's been so much stronger than any 3D thing I've ever experienced. And even now, uh, with the US elections and just the state of the world, I am so hopeful and so faithful to the idea of love saving us and us being good 
as simple as that. I really, really strongly believe in that. And when I speak to people who, you know, say they're, they're spiritual or that they're, you know, whatever, and when they're negatively, you know, tuned to everything, it really frustrates me. And I think that's what's been frustrating me about everything, about the whole, our whole situation as humanity, just the negativity. But that's that's very ingrained in us, I think. And um, yeah, the hope, yeah, hope is a huge, huge thing in my life. And it's, it's saved my life many times. Yeah. I think that one of the things about this poem that I really enjoy, and I wonder if you can, you can sort of uh, answer a question on something that I interpreted from it. Yeah. Is that the, the narrator, again, seems to be on this sort of journey of, of rede uh, redefining themselves and sort of rediscovering what it is to, that keeps them going and that makes them strive for more. Yeah. And I thought that the conversation in the middle, the part that yeah. plays out like dialogue, yeah. that it's it could just easily be a person inside their own head as it could be with another person speaking to them. But how important do you think it is to kind of have that that constant dialogue, that constant mm. sort of discussion with yourself about uh, sort of how to change and grow and how to acknowledge what you've done and what you want to do? I know you've, you've touched on before that you're you know you've got quite strong beliefs on on the self and, and the sort of spirituality mm. part of that as well. Yeah. So, but yeah, how important do you think it is to sort of keep yourself in the loop and keep that discussion going, regardless of what you're up to at the time? Um, yeah, I was saying that earlier about. Um me observing the world and analyzing everything. I think us just us thinking that's, you know, self-talk. That's you constantly feeding yourself like neurons and, you know, forming pathways. And um, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> how important it is to- Yeah, how important it is to sort of maintain that internal mm -hmm. dialogue. Oh yeah. Um, to me, if you don't come, come back to yourself at all times, and like when, when I was when I was at school, I teach you to always say keep what your thesis is in front of you at all times, just so you can always make sure that everything's on point. And now that has to be perfect, but it has to be it has to come from a place of real exploration. At least to me, this is what like I'm shaking just talking about this. Um, it's so important to me to be myself because I've, I've grown up thinking that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy. And for me to find my voice in such a effed up place like this, um, in such a state, it's been the hardest battle, but the, the most incredible, incredible one. And, um, yeah, that, uh, that struggle and that bare, like that vulnerability of being yourself, I admire that so much about people. Just the bravery and the courage to be, to stand up and be like, this is who I am. Like, I love that. That's what I live for. And when I can, you know, you can sense it with someone's like that. And we need that. No one's better or worse than anyone else. And again, the power struggle. We're all in this together, we're all balanced. And we're off balance because 
I think we think we are, sort of. I don't know how that came out. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you're right. We live in a world where for so long people have had to be a certain way or do a certain thing or, or put across a certain persona, which may or may not have been their true selves. You mm. know, whether that is, whether it's beliefs or whether it's uh, identity or whether it's anything like that. People have had to be a certain way. And I think, well, I'm kind of hoping that the, the world's at a point now where people can start being their actual selves and expressing themselves yeah. in different ways. And I think I think writing is a big part of that, being able to put your sort of your thoughts and your feelings out there in the world. Mm. People are doing it with music, and they're doing it with film, they're doing it with all sorts of mediums. But you're right, I think that we're we're kind of at a turning point now where people can either bottle it all up yeah. or they can let it out and be who they want to be and not be worried about it. And you're right, it's a, it's a, it's a troubling time for a number of reasons in the world mm. today. But if everyone can kind of get to that stage where they can just be themselves and they can live in the world in the way that they want to live yeah maybe we'll be all right yeah maybe i think that's that's when where love comes in like compassion is another thing that's very important to me just realizing that we're all we're literally on all on the same level no one has more answers than anyone else everyone's on their own path and it's it's all perfect every i think everything's absolutely perfect and so beautiful and just so immensely rich and using words to describe it would never be enough but that's all we can do you know it's a good start right yeah it's a good start i think creativity is in, like as a medium is sort of the disintegration of the ego trying to be you know a bit more fully into like creator mode because you know I believe that we are, I don't know if you believe in God, I think we might have brushed over that at some point. Um, but I, I believe in a creator, like, and, um, and I believe we are as well that creator. And yeah, the, that comes out through creativity, I think. Yeah. <laughs> So one other question I had was that, we, along with these, uh, so the fantastic poems, poetry often lends itself well to music, because mm. you've already got a structure built up and, and you've got sort of themes within it. Is it an intention of yours at any point maybe to, to branch out and to, to put them to music, either these poems or, or other writings? Yeah, I've actually tried to rap. <laughs> <laughs> As I said, hip-hop is a huge inspiration to me. Um, and yeah, just the raw, you know, the, the poetry in it, poetry put to music. Um, so yeah, I, I really want to do that, but I'm like, I'm slowly taking the steps towards it. But there's, a, there's quite a few drafts I have that I've written to music, but it's just, it's such a completely different thing. Like it sounds, when you hear something, it's like, oh yeah, that's, you know, especially rappers, like most people don't think about how hard it is they write like thousands you know so much so many words and metaphors and uh, just uses of you know language into hip-hop especially the good the good ones um, and it's so admirable 
how many no references that I've I've learned more through hip hop than I've done through TV for you know news and stuff and papers because as you know with the internet we have a chance to see everything see where it comes from and not only get a clue about where the artist is and what they've grown up you know taken in but where the world is at the time of this being written and yeah so yeah, I want to do that but um I'm still yeah taking the steps there I really want I love singing it and uh I find it so like wild and I think frequency is a very important thing in in our lives like sound and I I know a few people that whose voices I realize really affect me when I hear their voice I literally like I feel love not just towards the person just like I feel on a personal level I feel some resonate very strongly and um it's a very easy medium to, you know, take in, I think. So yeah. Well, I've, um, I've always said to people, it's it's a, it's a kind of a, it's a passive art form. You can put music on and you can listen to that in the background while you do other mm. things. When it comes to reading, a lot of times you have to put your effort into reading that work. You can't do other things while you're reading a story. And the idea is if you can combine, like I said, what is quite a powerful medium in music yeah. and I know what you mean you can listen to certain artists and certain bands or whatever and they can give you that sort of sensation that emotion and if you can combine that with with poetry which also yeah. has a very powerful message in it a lot of the time as well both for you and for whoever's listening to it mm. then you could have something quite significant there yeah I think I just need to start jamming with people and stuff I don't know I've thought about my name already I mm. thought about it like there's a lot there's a lot of them but the last one is Mother of Pearl. I really like that, Mother of Pearl. And I think the feminine, I haven't spoken enough about that, as I should have, as I should. But um, femininity, not feminism, just femininity is really coming back to balance out the masculine that we've been, you know, sort of for, really forced on to believe in is the norm. But you know, in Asian cultures, very often the woman was just as strong as the men. Sometimes, you know, even more powerful. But I think the emotional sort of subconscious, you know, the the sun and the moon, the light and the dark, the man is more of like the ego-driven, um, you know, the conscious creator, when the woman is the one that takes stuff in to internalize and then nurture and you know create from that space and I think we really need that that the feminine aspect of everything I think it'd be great to see well when you when you've written some music and you've got your name yeah you come back on come back on the show and you can sing us yeah, yeah yeah I'd love to yeah amazing <laughs> So we have got one more poem here. Yeah. Which I, I love the title of this one. Uh, yeah, just, I think that I'm a big fan of titles. It's a big thing for me. Like if you yeah. can get a good title, 
Yeah. Like, I don't care what the rest of it is. If the title's good, you're going you're gonna to draw me in. Um, which is why I, I, spend, titles. I spend way too yeah. much time working on titles and not on stories. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do. I've got, a, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a, a note on my computer which is like, titles to use. And I've got like a list of them. And I'm like, I need to write a story for that. I need to write a story for that. Uh, it's worked a couple times. But I've just got this little list of... Yeah, there's, a, there's a writer named uh, Harlan Ellison. And he wrote a story once um, with the, the, the greatest title I've ever heard, which was The Beast That Shouted Love at the Heart of the World. Oh. And it's such a good title. Oh. And I, I've that seen that. And I saw that and was like, I, I have to write something, a title as good as that one day. <laughs> That's my dream. Say it again, please. The Beast That Shouted Love at the Heart of the World. Oh. Yeah. It's so cool. Oh. It's so cool. <laughs> but your, your next poem is called, I'll let you name it. Demiurge? I'm not sure that's how you pronounce that. I know the word in Bulgarian very well. What's, what's the word in Bulgarian? Demiurge. Demiurge. I like demiurg, that. Yeah. A demiurge, is that way you yeah, pronounce it? Yeah. A demiurge with the urge to demolish. Cool title. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I go out my way to paint a wall with grief. My soul feeds on its silence, on mischief. From miles away I hear you speak. Yet when we're close, I fail to pick was behind our tongues. Our teeth heat, heat up like the sun. Masochism fills my lungs. Cannibalism ain't a fun. Survival of the fittest, the raging battles of the young. Awaiting bloody harvest before spring has sprung. Sharpen my knife, smile as I do. We can only be me, we can only be you. King and queen, dressed like fools. Once we felt like one, now we're two. To make a killing, to overrule, I surrendered, broke into molecules, built a home out of nothing, and to defeat the cruel, I mirrored your armor and made my own rules. Till kin kingdom come over our bones, our dr I draw. Till kingdom come over our bones, I draw. Your blood, my bath. Your skull, my pool. Your brain, my wrath. Your spine, my stool. Separation is an illusion, our senses mere tools, our souls a no-chemic fusion. I float in cosmos, eternal, violet-fueled. Thank you. <laughs> Very dramatic final yeah. moment, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like that one as well because it's, there's, a, there's a kind of sense of, of violence and malice in the words mm. that you use. And whether or not that was the feeling behind it or whether that was simply the words you used to put that feeling across. Um, one thing I wonder, when you're, when you're writing it down, do you sort of uh, apply a filter to the way you're gonna tell a story or do you just put what's in your mind out there? Uh, you mentioned before that it's often kind of, it's in the moment, it's immediate, you write yeah. it as it is. But do you sort of, and again, I'm not saying, I mean, that's, that's got a, a violent kind of tone to it. Mm. Not that I'm averse to that in a story, yeah. of course, but I mean, like, when you're writing, do you think, well, actually, what I'm thinking right now is something this serious and dramatic, but actually, I want to tell it a different way, or do you just put down what you think is in your head there? It's all on my head. I like, I, as I said, I analyze so much, and I run from different, you know, from different uh, polarities a lot and just see why I find truth. And I think finding truth has got to lo a lot to do with that, the testing of the boundaries and finding what resonates on, a, like, on an inner level, not so much a mind, 
brain, you know, acknowledgement. Oh yeah, two plus two is four. If you feel like it's five, it's five. You know what I mean? And the violence has got to go again a lot to do with exploring your role, our role. And this this one was inspired by a relationship I had that was very violent physically, emotionally, just all the way like I was never abused but we used to fight like physically. Right. And it's not like a sad thing. I really I really enjoyed it, but in a way of a we couldn't we had so much strong emotion that we really couldn't talk about it. I've really struggled, and this is me trying to realize what the fuck is happening. Like, why am I feeling this way? So violent towards someone that I actually love so much. And the love-hate thing comes in here. Again, the, you know, the polarity and finding where actually was truth within that. And those fights and, you know, the horror of it, it was really like from... For a third party, it, it, it might have looked, you know, horrible. But for me, I live for that. I live for strength of emotion and for, you know, finding new ways to feel and new things to, you know, sort of bring out of yourself. And again, that that comes into a pool of all the other stuff that you've ever felt before. And if it's so strong, it kind of takes you back and reconsider everything that you've known about love and hate and what what it really is and how free, like, to love someone, I think you can hate them at the same time, but not because, not because of, you know, not very consciously, you know, hate, but hate the effect that they have on you. And that, it was, for me, I felt very weak against that subconscious emotion, just like, so much strength. I've really like, I've really had to step out of my ego and be like, and look at everything. And yeah, this is, this has got to do with that, yeah. The I suppose there's a number of ways of defining passion, isn't there? Mm. Sort of passion, in this case, can be there can be an element of violence to it, mm. as well as it can just be very, very strong feelings in a different direction as well. Yeah. So was that was this poem written sort of during that period, or immediately after, or was this some time of reflection before you decided to write it down? I think it was literally right after. I think I even one of the last times we spoke. Like honestly, afterwards, we just pretended nothing's ever happened. You know, you know how it works. But I think one of the last times we spoke, I gave him that. I wrote, I wrote that down and put it in his pocket. And yeah, it was um, it was a, such a dark time. But now when I look back on it, I feel like I was the strongest person ever. You know, for me to go through that. I feel so strong right now. I'm so happy with myself getting out of there. It was a beautiful thing, but 
um, the beauty of it was that it destroyed me and destroyed us as what we've known before. It was literally like, I felt like the universe is, is coming in to like, sort of break us so we can build who we are. Yeah, you get to be, you've got to be tested in different ways and sometimes yeah. the tests will sort of redefine what you think about yourself and what you yeah. know about yourself. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a dark time, but it's always dark as before dawn, so. And, and you've produced some incredible work that if, you know, no matter if you look back on things that, that sort of build or define you, if you've got something at the end where you can feel like a better person or a stronger person mm. or whatever, as well as having something quite lasting to show for it as well, you know, I think that depending on circumstance, you know, you could define it as worth it, you could define it as a sort of a great learning experience or yeah. you never, nothing that we ever go through is going to be wasted because we'll find a way to take the best from yeah. that, I think. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was, that was when I started publishing stuff. Immediately afterwards, I felt like, I just felt way more complete and as a human being, like, I've, I've, I just found, I felt like I found another dimension to everything. Yeah. So do you, are you always going to write in poetry? Have you, have you thought about, or have you already written any significant prose or, or that way? Or is this the way that you like to, to express yourself? Um... I, this is the way I like to express myself, I think. I, often though, I hate that I write, like in a, what's it called? Like, uh, from my point of view. Like that well, I'm always, first person perspective, yeah. First person, yeah, I hate that I, not that I hate that I do it, but I'm not sure what's more relatable. But again, I'm trying to relate to myself, so, um, I don't know. I write a lot of essays that I really, really finish, but loads of just streams of consciousness. This because I, I analyze everything and so much, not in like a worrying way. I just like I'm a bit ADHD, and like there's so many things I take in all the time. So many details. Like if you ask me where something is in the house, I always know. In cases like my bank card, I never, you know. Hmm. But um. Uh, what was it again? <laughs> uh, yeah, the attention to detail and just trying to put everything together and make it fit. Mm, I think that's what I'm trying to do while I write. And with essays, I really want to... I've gathered a lot of... For the bad and the good experiences that I've had, I've got a lot of sort of philosophical views and through what I've read and what I've written. And I really want to be able to express that in a simple, very simple way for, for, so people can relate. Because I, I can already see us being better and being beautiful and being who we are supposed to be. This is... The, I feel bad that I always come back to, you know, the deep shit and you know, the spiritual <laughs> stuff. But this is... I feel like I've been sent here to do that. And this has always been that hope. That hope for me... Hope for me has always been my sense of purpose. I've always had that. Yeah, I've always felt 
out of place. And, you know, you know, stumbling for life and all this stuff. I've sort of fallen in the right place. Um, to be able to see things from a different perspective. And, yeah, I want to change the world, really. <laughs> it's a noble cause to want to do. I mean, yeah. I think if you if you think you've got a purpose, if you believe that there's a purpose for what you need to do, then there's no reason you should ever change that. You know, if that's, mm. that's what you think you need to achieve and you believe you can do that through your writing and, and, and through your own voice that way, then yeah. definitely keep on doing that. Yeah. yeah. I think that, again, I mentioned before that I always, I'm always jealous of poets because it's, you can tell a fantastic story in a, a short space of time with, mm. you know, a rhyming structure perhaps if you prefer to write it that way and you can build this kind of, this wonderful kind of world with, with beautiful language use and everything as well. I'm doubly jealous that you can do it in English and in Bulgarian, but that's not, that's beside the point. Um, but no, it, it's fantastic, and I, I hope that you will keep publishing more and more Thank so you. that we can see more. Thank you so much. Uh, Mina's website is glassshapedeyes.wordpress.com, and you can read all the poems that Mina shared here today, along with a number of others that are equally fantastic. Um, but yeah, I want to say, say thank you for joining me today, Mina. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, too. Uh, Immense pleasure. And I say, please keep writing poetry. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you very much. Whiskey's amazing. <laughs>